SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is DFS simplified. Head over to PrizePix.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And of course, do not forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. We have already officially kicked off week nine, but by the time you listen to this show, the bulk of week nine will be upon us. And what a topsy-turvy, 1,000% wild ride week nine has already been. And we have not even said the first kickoff yet of the actual week itself. Again, we are uh, recording on a Thursday, which means the Thursday night game hasn't happened. But uh, Scott Reichel joining the show again to break down the absolute insanity that is week nine in the NFL. Scott, I I don't know that I've ever been this stressed before in my fantasy football career. I just feel like everything keeps happening in waves over the last few weeks. How about you? Well, it feels that way. I think last year was a little bit weirder when you weren't sure of your players playing on Tuesday or Wednesday were going to count for the previous week or not. So I think that was probably a more stressful time, but it's all COVID related. So I guess not much has changed from that perspective. Still a lot to go through. We're going to talk about a lot of the COVID news during this show. Let's just say I'm not exactly thrilled that we're not already past this. I got to tell you, man, I, hopefully 2022 brings us a lot less stress in the fantasy football department because I just remember setting rosters and kind of, you know, leaving them there for a little bit, couple of weeks and not worrying about whether or not I had to shuffle through 16 waiver wire claims in one week. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been zany. All right. So we are going to sift through some of this fantasy football news because there's a lot to get through. And there's a lot of impact, uh, especially at the upper echelons of this as to, to what to do. I mean, we talked about Derek Henry, Henry Ruggs and, uh, uh, Calvin Ridley last episode on, on episode Tuesday. But I mean, this is even just more just keeps coming in. So, uh, three minutes on the clock. We're going to, we're going to dive into these as they, as they come, because first we're going to talk about, uh, the biggest news in the room. And we kind of glanced over it a little bit, uh, on Tuesday, but Aaron Rodgers out tested for COVID now no longer in the lineup for at least this week. So Scott, that already sends ripples through the fantasy football world just by Aaron Rodgers being out alone. But then the people that are on the field with them at the same time are impacted. What are we even doing about Aaron Rodgers? And, and I mean, no one could see this coming. Nobody really could, especially since there were some, photos and some videos people are looking back on where it appeared that he gave the false perception that he was vaccinated but he actually was not so that seems to be a ripple effect in its own as for fantasy purposes which is the purpose of this actual show if you're starting jordan love you're desperate let's be real i mean i don't think anybody's truly thrilled if they have to start jordan love i'm sure you're going through waiver wire moves trying to find somebody else 
Hell, even a Daniel Jones I think you'd rather have than Jordan Love in this upcoming week. As for the actual ripples for other players, Aaron Jones, I do think it, I can't say it'll help or hurt, but I think he's the one who might be the least negatively impacted by this because Green Bay will probably pivot to a feed Aaron Jones type of philosophy, which is what they should do, whether that involves 20-something carries or that involves 10 targets out of the backfield. And we saw him heavily involved against Arizona last week with no no receivers basically playing because everyone was out because of COVID. As for Devontae Adams, I have him on my team. Am I benching him? Absolutely not. You can't bench Devontae Adams. And you know that his projections are going to be going down as a result. I'm just happy he's playing because he had COVID last week and nobody's going to bench Devontae Adams. So you can argue it'll affect him negatively in fantasy. You're still going to start him. Let's be real. You're Nobody's going to bench Devontae Adams, so I don't think that impacts him either. I do think it might play a factor with some of the minor guys. You want to talk about maybe gambling on a tight end. Mercedes Lewis had no catches last week, but he's a red zone guy. I'm not sure if the formations that Green Bay is going to use with LaFleur are going to change because of the switch of quarterback or how that's going to go. But when it comes to the actual Packers against Kansas City, normally you would never want to start anybody starting quarterbacks out Kansas City's defense is so bad this might be the only exception so when it comes to picking players from Green Bay I think Aaron Jones is fine I think the others should end up getting a bit of a downgrade AJ Dillon I think is fine too I think AJ Dillon might actually get an uptick because he might end up getting more touches and he looked very good against Arizona on Thursday night but for Adams and everyone else they're downgraded but you're not benching Devontae Adams let's be real well, and that's the thing. So you're replacing QB9. Like, at this point, he's been QB9 all season long. So now you have to scramble to replace him. And and everybody, I think, other than, you're right, Aaron Jones takes, I don't want to say a steep downgrade, uh, but we're going to talk about, actually, we're going to talk about each one of these guys individually, too, as we roll through. But um, as far as Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is concerned, you... I mean, you, you have to try to find somebody. And I like, Scott, that you brought up Daniel Jones. He's a guy that is probably out there for you in several leagues right now because everybody's given up on Danny Dimes. Uh, but he definitely could serve as as a waiver wire pickup for you. I mean, who he's knows? Not gonna wow, he's not going to wow you, but if you like the mobility that Jordan Love possesses, Daniel Jones is a more proven commodity who can usually get you two touchdown passes, especially against the Raiders. I know the Raiders' defense has been better lately, I still don't think it's a great unit. They're missing, you're talking about the Giants, they're missing some receivers, which of course is an issue. I know Shepard got injured again, which is unfortunate. But Jones has managed to put together some decent performances. And let's be real, if you have Rodgers, you're a DEFCON 1, you're in full scramble mode. So you're probably looking at a Daniel Jones, maybe a Tua who's a little bit banged up against Houston. But you're playing the favorable matchup angle for somebody who might possess a little bit of running mobility. Taysom Hill, I doubt, is available in most leagues, but if he's available, maybe you can take a flyer with him. But you're looking around the league. You don't really have many options. I still think a lot of them are still better options than Jordan Love. Yep, and Daniel Jones is available in at least half of the leagues in both Yahoo and ESPN, so he's out there for you. Uh, so if you need a, a, a just somebody, a Hail Mary throw, uh, definitely start looking at Daniel Jones. Again, he, he stands to, to benefit from uh, waiver wire action. Uh, all right, let's dive deeper a little bit into uh, the Devontae Adams impact of this uh, because, look, we are going to have somebody else throwing in the ball. And and Jordan Love 
has proven that he can play football, but he, again, is no Aaron Rodgers. So what's the connection been like between him and Devonta Adams, and how much are we tempering our expectations of his just overall fantasy value this week? Well, it's even trickier for Devonte because he wasn't able to practice with the team until a couple days ago because he had to clear COVID protocol first. So you can even look at a situation where he might have been able to get some reps in with Jordan Love. It's probably not as many as you wanted in practice because he wasn't able to actually practice for the first couple of days. But Adams, we know, is the consensus number one receiver going into the year. Now in the actual season, of Cooper Cup in fantasy because he's been a lunatic. But Devonta Adams, still a clear top five guy. He's consistent. You know that he's going to get a bunch of targets. Now, I do think game flow could be a positive for the passing game for Green Bay. I know Kansas City's offense has struggled lately. But if you think Green Bay falls behind early and they have to abandon the run, you're going to get a lot of pass attempts going. And most of them will probably be to Devonta Adams. So I do think game flow could dictate a good performance from Adams. The target share is going to be there, obviously. He gets so many targets as it is. But I think he'll still be productive. Would I have him ranked as a a wide receiver one this week? No. Would I have him in my top three? It's really tricky. As of right now, I do not. I am ranked as my wide receiver either seven or eight, which might sound low, but you kind of have to make a really harsh adjustment because you don't know what to expect from the quarterback position. So I still have him top 10 because you have to. He's just that talented. But I do think wide receiver seven or eight sounds right. I have him behind some guys like Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs. I have him behind Tyree Kill, who looked a lot better and healthier in that Monday night game against the Giants. But I still like him as an actual start because you're not going to find a better alternative. He's still top 10. He's just not in his normal top two spot. Yeah, Moonoff and I talked about that in the prop cast too this week. You can't, I mean, you have to start Devonta Adams. You can't sit him. There's just no way. There's just no feasible other uh, wide receiver that you have on your roster that can duplicate what he can if he hits. And again, look, you talk about targets. I mean, in week three, he had 18 against San Francisco. Week four, 11 against Pittsburgh. Week five, 16 against Cincinnati. I mean, Jordan Love is probably going to look his way way more than is necessary. And you know, Devonta Adams can catch him 12 catches, 11 catches. You know, he, he's capable of, of catching passes when they're thrown to him. And Aaron Rodgers barely made the periphery pass catchers in green Bay really uh, pop off the page. So to, for Devonta Adams, I think this, yeah, if anybody's going to catch the passes from Jordan love, uh, it's definitely going to be Devonta Adams, but let's also shift uh, to Aaron Rodgers. We talked or Aaron Jones rather, because we talked about him, earlier in the in the set I think you're right Scott in that this is the guy that's going to benefit the most from this entire situation because Aaron Aaron Jones already got fed the ball plenty but now he is going to continue to get fed I think a little heavier because you're right the Chiefs are not a scary defense so uh, this is a situation where this game is going to be close the whole way through Uh, and now that we've seen the Chiefs have kink in their kinks in their armor it's going to be even closer So I think Aaron Jones, uh, really, if you have been waiting for him to have a super, super big day again, this, I think, is your day. I feel like it's a toss-up between who benefits the most from the situation. They're both the running back position, but it's either going to be Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon. I actually think Dillon gets the bigger boost 
because I do think that Dylan is only useful in the running game. In the passing game, doesn't really have much of a have a purpose. So if Green Bay decides to pivot to a complete Kansas City's run defense is awful, we have to exploit a type of philosophy. I do think Dylan, who had a decent amount of touches last week, should end up getting somewhere around 15 touches, assuming the game is close. He had 16 last week, and he ended up finishing as RB28 last week. The thing about Aaron Jones is we're talking about what's the boost he's going to get. He's already been very good the last couple weeks, so it's not like he can really have that much more room to grow. He was very good against Arizona last week because they force-fed him the ball. I think if you're asking me who benefits the most, I would go A.J. Dillon, but I do think that Jones is in a pretty good spot compared to the rest of the offensive weapons on the team. Yeah, I'd say that's good analysis. I, I always see. I am a I am a Aaron Jones manager, and I don't ever like to admit that AJ Dillon exists. Uh, he's only, just he's just good. But he is. is no purpose in the passing game. No, but he he makes me mad week after week because he bites into Aaron Jones's uh, upside. So uh, I, I just always want to say that AJ Dillon does not exist. Uh, but he does. I got Jones. I got Jones in my top three. I feel like you kind of have to. I don't have him at one. I don't have him at two, but I have him at three. I uh, potentially could shift it around, but I do think he'll have a pretty good game. Still, potential game flow issues make me a little bit wary of putting him in the top two because if Green Bay falls behind extremely early, they might abandon the run and you're relying on a bunch of dump off passes, which don't get me wrong, could happen. But I am still a little bit uncertain about what the actual game flow is going to be for that game. As for Dylan, even though he's a backup running back, I got Dylan at RB29 right now. So I still think that he has a lot of volume that he'd be getting in this spot. And as you mentioned before, he is worst case scenario, a let's give Aaron Jones a rest or two type of back. And occasionally those happen in the red zone. So I do think Dylan could find his way into the end zone if he gets subbed in in a pretty favorable spot, worst case scenario. Yep, yep. So if you are sitting on AJ Dillon in a flex position, uh, yeah, definitely. This is a good game to, to slide him in. Uh, if you haven't before, I mean, I'm sure you have, cause you're right. He's been producing. So, uh, feel comfortable keeping him in that flex spot moving into this week, even with Jordan love or the next guy we're going to talk about. We're back to talking about Blake Bortles again. I just feel like, uh, we're, we're Boston Scott, Blake Bortles. All these names are making a resurrection, uh, on our fantasy radar. So, are we putting any sort of uh, truth behind the the Blake Bortles rumors? And what does that even mean? I mean, it can't mean anything for this week, right, Scott? It means nothing. I'm putting zero stock into it. He's never going to play. So I do think that he gives you a veteran who maybe could help out, I don't know, with practice squad. I don't really know what his purpose is on the team. Have I know I'm being harsh on Blake Bortles. He's actually a personal fantasy hero of mine. Because the first fantasy championship I ever won, Blake Bortles was my starting quarterback. Oh, nice. The beauty of garbage time in Jacksonville, man. True story. So I actually won with him as my fantasy quarterback the first time I ever won. But for Green Bay, he's useless. They threw him in just because he's a name who has some experience. Maybe he could learn the playbook relatively quickly. He's never going to play. I don't know why he ever would unless Love gets injured. And even then, they still might have another guy before Blake Bortles. But if you're looking for a spot, or you're even thinking about kind of being tempted by a Blake Bortles claim, don't even bother. It's a waste of your time. Yeah, and so here's the thing about Blake Bortles, too. 
when when you talk about bringing a guy like that in, uh, already that's a hail mary throw. I mean, you know that this is one hundred percent a hail mary throw at it, and and I don't even understand. So how long the timetable? We're talking about the timetable of of how long Aaron Rodgers is going to be out. Uh, it, it's got to be at least what two weeks because of the fact that he was deemed unvaccinated by the league, right? I mean, he's going to miss at least two games. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at two weeks, pretty much being the ceiling for the spot, unless Rodgers shows side effects and he actually has symptoms where that might that might keep him out on his, on his own because he might not be healthy enough. I see two weeks. So even if let's just say Bortles does start and let's say he plays really decently, which is the ceiling pretty much for Bortles next week. Congrats, you're dropping him because Rodgers is back. There's no point. <laughs> yeah. Don't go chasing after Blake Bortles. That's probably a good life lesson right there. Unless you want to win a fantasy championship a couple of years uh, ago. That's that's the only time you can chase after Blake Bortles. Uh, so, all right, let's let's uh, let's talk about this game. Um, because this game would have been probably the premier game in fantasy football with what was at stake, you know, between Rodgers and... Adams and and Jones and uh, Mahomes and and Tyreek Hill and and all the big time fantasy football names that are involved in this game. What does this do? How does this change the the flow of this game or does it at all, Scott, in your opinion? Well, the game goes from watchable to unwatchable, so that might answer your question. But (laughs) the game was definitely supposed to be a lot better than it's projected right now, mostly because of the fact that Rodgers is not going to be there, but even the Chiefs in general. They had a hard time scoring against the Giants. I know the Giants' defense has been okay the last couple weeks. You're in Arrowhead. Come on. You're supposed to be one of the best offenses in the league. You had a hard time moving it. Kelsey was a non-factor. I think he'll bounce back. Tyreek Hill looked healthy for the first time in a couple weeks. I know that he was playing anyway. You could tell he clearly was less than 100% in the last couple of games. I thought he looked pretty good against New York, and he had a touchdown and 12 receptions as a result. As for everyone else, Mahomes just looks like he has happy feet in the pocket. He's constantly running out. He's trying to throw it across his body, which is why he has pretty much an interception in every game for the past two months. It's been an issue. But looking at the fantasy outlook, I like the running backs in this matchup because you're looking at Kansas City. We know this team has a hard time stopping the run. Devontae Booker didn't run the ball that well in the Monday night game, but he did have 60-plus yards receiving. So he had 110-plus yards with the PPR upside. And I do think you could see that happen with Jones or even Dylan, maybe on a screen pass or just running the ball. But as for Green Bay, they did a pretty decent job with the yards per carry. The issue was that Arizona had three rushing touchdowns. So if you're looking for a Darrell Williams, you're looking for a running back and maybe a DFS situation, even Gore, if you want to take a shot with him, who looked really good on Monday night, I do think that Kansas City should have some success running the ball, especially in the red zone because we saw Green Bay's run defense in the red zone was not particularly good on Thursday night. And, I mean, again, when you talk about red zone touches, Derek Gore was getting a lot of those red zone touches. So that is something that you definitely want to monitor. If you listened to Tuesday's show and picked up Derek Gore, you could be very happy because this could be a situation in which, again, with it being close, the running backs, like Scott said, could very much carry the load in this game for both teams. So you could see Daryl Williams have a, a decent na- a game, and then you also could see Derek Gore scoring a touchdown. So, um, yeah. I, I think that was the issue that the Chiefs had, was that they ended up having Darrell Williams, who is a pretty good pass catcher, and we saw that against the Giants, 
Inside the tackles, though, not that great, which is fine because he's supposed to be a third down pass catcher. And war, maybe it's the last name, maybe it's not. He's not afraid of contact. So you know that if you're in a short yard situation in the red zone or even just on third and short, Gore's probably the guy who you're going to give the ball to. And I do think if you have first and goal at the one, second goal at the one, I do think Gore would be more likely to get those touches than Darrell Williams. From what we saw on Monday night, absolutely. He's like a sledgehammer. I mean, he may not be related to the Frank Gore, but uh, it must be a Gore mentality to just go ahead and smash your head against rocks because uh, that's exactly what it looked like he did. Um, All right, so we're going to leave Green Bay. When we get back from the break, we're going to move to Arizona, another big quarterback with uh, injury news out there and the ramifications of what that could mean for your fantasy roster. I'm telling you, Scott, big names, big names keep missing weeks here, and we got to adjust fire. So uh, we'll get you set up in Arizona when we come back from the break. I know you are ready to win money and boost your odds. Well, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play as we always do. You get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. So get in now on all your favorite teams, all your favorite players, sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and so much more. WinBet has some brand new bonuses that you can use for some of these Sunday's games. How you feeling about that Packers game now? Packers Chiefs, you want to use some of those bonuses to lay some bets down on that now? I think you should. If you're a new user too, you can bet $1 and win $100 on any sport. Plus, you can get in on up to $1,500 as a free bet on WinBet if you make a first deposit of $20 or more and whatever your wager is winbet's going to match it up to 200%. So, if you bet 100 bucks, you're going to get a $200 free bet. Of course, don't go too crazy. The max wager is $750, so that $1500 match is your ceiling, but still get in on it. Get in on the great promos, the great odds. Their payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. I ask you this each and every time, but I'm asking again, are you ready to play? Sign up today, receive a special offer. You get a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. We are also brought to you by PropSwap. It is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bet. We are done with the playoffs. The MLB World Series is over, but there's so many more sports on there for you. NFL, everything's up for grabs right now, and it is now the place to go for all of your sports bets. All season long, prop swappers have been finding the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. So go use the promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it up to $5. Hundred dollars, double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, and we all know you do, if you're listening to this, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time, so your bet does not need to win in order to make money; just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every single day, so get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. Have you heard of prize picks yet? I mean, you're a smart audience. I'm pretty sure you've heard of prize picks, especially if you listen to the show. But look, if you haven't, 
Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this site, and I know that you are going to as well. Prize Picks offers any prop that you can think of. Literally, think of a prop. They probably have it there for you. From yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. In fact, I'm looking right now at a prop. I got Josh Allen. His passing yard total is set at 285 and a half. That is the prop. I'm thinking I'm going to smash that one. Josh Allen, really, really good. The Jacksonville Jaguars, really, really not. Seems like a pretty easy one to smash the over on. At least that's one of the props on prize picks to pick. So you too can head over to the site right now. Find your favorite props, not just quarterbacks, but every player that's out there and available to pick from. And if you deposit now, use our promo code. We're going to give you a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Make sure to use the promo code SGP when you deposit to do it. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projection. You can win up to 10 times your month and it's you, mano a mano against yourself. So can you beat it? I don't know. I, I think you can. Uh, Prize picks also allows mixed sports entries. You can take the over on LeBron, combine it with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. It's that simple. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play Store. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's literally that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use promo code SGP to get your 100% instant deposit match up to $100 or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And while you're at it, on that Google Play Store or that App Store. Download the SGPN app. Now it is live in both of those, the App Store and the Google Play Store. It gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, including the one that you're listening to right this second. And of course, as always, do not forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. Back for more week nine news on the SGP and fantasy football podcast. Again, I'm your host, Rod Villa Gomez, being joined by Scott Reichel. Scott, as if losing one top 10 fantasy quarterback was not enough in the week, it looks like we may, and now know that the news out of Arizona is hopeful that he won't, uh, that he'll be tough and, and actually ride it out. But Kyler Murray, not practicing this week so far as of Thursday. It never really feels like a good thing when a player doesn't practice this late in the week, but it is Kyler Murray, but I don't know. Scott, are we scared? Does this send ripples of effect just like Aaron Rodgers? Not for this week, but because Kyler has had injury issues in the past. And you know that as a mobile quarterback, he gets hit a fair share compared to other quarterbacks since he's running uh, just either for first downs or for his life, whichever you know the mood is for the game. But... I do think that hurts his upside just for the mobility itself. First of all, I think he's going to play. I think that based on his quotes, it seems like he's going to suit up no matter what. I think it does help they played on Thursday because that did buy him a couple extra days to be healthy for Sunday. But for this matchup, I don't think it's a great matchup anyway because San Francisco did a pretty good job of bottling him up the first time, and now he has to face off with them again. I still think he's going to play. I am more concerned about DeAndre Hopkins if we're picking between the two, but I do think Hopkins is a bigger question mark here. Murray should play. Do I feel great about him as a top five, top 10 option? No, I don't. I think he's going to underperform compared to projections, but I do think he's going to suit up. 
What about you? So this is, and I mean, probably. I have a feeling that these guys, especially when it's guys like Kyler Murray, and they definitely, uh, they're tough, right? They, they want to prove that they're tough, and they want to get out there all the time. But we've also seen that, you know, your best or your best interests aren't always in your own best interest. So if he can't go, like if doctors are really telling him, if his trainers are really telling him that it's probably not a good idea for him to get out there on that ankle uh, and that he won't be as effective, maybe he does sit it out a little bit. But here's the thing. Here's my question. Do you grab Colt McCoy in anticipation for this game just in case? Because it's a, it's a later game. So you don't have the morning to figure it out. And I mean, what do you do? Unless, unless they say tomorrow or, or Saturday that he's definitely going to play, what's your contingency plan should he miss it unexpectedly? Well, that goes back to my point that I made regarding Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, which is assuming worst case scenario, Murray doesn't play. Would you rather pick up Colt McCoy or Daniel Jones? There you go. You're probably going to pick up the guy who you can actually rely on more or even look at the opposite sideline. Would you rather have Colt McCoy or Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah. Oh, that's you're probably a good taking point. Jimmy G. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you're, so, yeah. You, so you don't need to pick up Colt McCoy just because you have Kyler. The point is that, do I think there's any value on Colt McCoy? The answer is no. I don't think there's value on Colt McCoy because he's been a career backup his entire, uh, since he's joined the NFL. We know Murray has the upside when it comes to running. McCoy doesn't really have that. And we know that if Murray's out, they're not going to open up the entire playbook to McCoy. They're probably going to end up causing a lot of handoffs for Connor and for Edmonds, play it relatively safe. So under no circumstance do I want to invest in Colt McCoy. I think another option is 4 o'clock, look at a Jimmy G, hold your nose maybe for a Big Ben. You hope not because you really don't want to be using Big Ben. But there are a couple options that are better than Colt McCoy. I would stay away from him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll, t- we'll touch back on Colt. Well, actually, you know what? Let's do that. Let, we, have, we have DeAndre Hopkins next, but let's, let's dive back into this Colt McCoy thing because let's say he does play. Let's say he is something. You, I know you said there's no fantasy value, but that doesn't mean that he can't impact the other side or you know some of the other players on the field too. And, and if Colt McCoy does happen to get the start, does this mean uh, better things for Chase Edmonds and for James Conner? Possibly as far as getting a little bit of a book, because we talked about with uh, Jordan Love being in that maybe A.J. Dillon and, and Aaron Jones see a boost. Is this the same type of thing for Chase Edmonds and, and James Conner? For me, yes. And even if even if you have Murray in the lineup, I do think that they have a good matchup anyway because of the fact that they might try to make life a bit easier for Murray by getting the run game involved, trying to avoid as many hits as possible for their quarterback. I think it's a good matchup for Edmonds and for Connor because we've seen this Niners rush defense be a little bit streaky at times and struggle against the run. We saw last week they had a pretty good job against Herbert. The numbers overall weren't great for the run defense, but that's because you have Justin Fields who is running around for 100-plus yards. We saw Jonathan Taylor torch them in the monsoon for 100-plus. We've seen the Niners struggle at times containing opposing running backs, but I do think with McCoy in the lineup, they're going to pivot more to a run first or at least a check down game for Colt McCoy. But when it comes to the other guys, this might be a bit of a hot take for me. I don't want to use DeAndre Hopkins no matter what. I would probably bench him. That might sound like sacri- like a sacrilegious opinion. Do you want to use Hopkins in this game? Because I don't. I don't. I think he's going to be a decoy best case scenario. 
Well, and that's the thing. So, okay, let's transition into DeAndre Hopkins as far as what we'd expect out of him uh, because he's not practicing right now. So we may not even have that issue uh, to to decide between whether or not to start him or not because he's not if practicing. If he plays full decoy, in my opinion, you? Yo, absolutely, absolutely. Especially with him not practicing this late into the week. Um, you have to think that if he gets out there and, and look, he has not looked like the Deandre Hopkins that we all drafted him to be this season at times anyways. So it's been a frustrating, uh, ups and downs with, with Hopkins to start with. And if Murray doesn't play, I'm certainly not, uh, at all Mm -hmm. comfortable with, with putting him in my lineup, uh, no matter what happens, because I feel like I drafted him to be a slate buster. And he hasn't been that very often for me, especially since he's been hurt. So, yeah, with or without uh, Murray, I almost feel like Hopkins might not be a start this week at all. Well, to look at Hopkins' performance, so far, week by week, his wide receiver finish. 7, 25, 88, 42, 17, 6, 16, and 37. So he's been a pretty mediocre uh, wide receiver in fantasy this year. And that's not even being harsh. I just mentioned the numbers. So that's him at relatively full health. Cause I know he's been battling some stuff for the last couple of weeks, but if we don't know what the status is on Murray and we think that Hopkins in general, who could barely play after the first quarter against green Bay, he's still not practicing. It's a really awful sign for Hopkins I really don't think he's going to play much of a factor at all. And I think that if you are relying on him to win a fantasy matchup, I think that it's going to come back to bite you. I mean, you drafted him to be a top 10 wide receiver. And and in some cases, you probably drafted him to be a top four, top three wide receiver. And he is certainly not that at all. And again, when we talked about with, with if Colt McCoy gets the start and draws a start, um, and, and then even at 60% of Kyler Murray, like, I, I don't know. I know you don't trust him, Scott, even at 60% of Kyler Murray. I don't because Hopkins, as far as I know, will be running out there, running routes at 50%. If that, it might even be lower based on what we've heard the reports with. So I think that if you're talking about the coaching staff, maybe taking it easy with Kyler, I think they're more likely to take it easy with Hopkins than Kyler. Yep, I agree. Uh, and and for me again with uh, with Hopkins just really not looking good. Um, I'd pivot to AJ Green. I, I was going to ask. So let's move on then to the uh, fantasy impact of the remaining Arizona offense because uh, there are some actual decent names out there to look at, and I know that one of them is not uh, uh, Adam's favorite. <laughs> Adam doesn't like AJ Green. He's got something personal against him. I don't know what he did. I don't know. Maybe he lost a fantasy championship to him or something. I, I don't know. It, it, he just, he can't stand him. He doesn't like him, uh, but he's there. And look, so let's talk about what happens with the rest of these. Cause we also, you know, we do have AJ green. We got Christian Kirk. Now we even have Zach Ertz uh, on this team. So what, if anything, does this do for the rest of this Arizona offense with Kyler Murray being banged up? I mean, are we looking at another close situation like they were in the first game or, um, what does this do? That's what I want to know. That's what everybody else wants to know. Well, I think it's a close game no matter what, because the point spread in this one's about one. So either you're pricing in Murray being out or being banged up, but the Niners have really always given Kingsbury problems. And no matter how bad the Niners have been, no matter which quarterback they're using, 
It seems like they always find a way to get the job done. We saw that with Bethard last year down the stretch. It seems like Shanahan has a good handle on what to expect from Kingsbury. Then again, so did McVay, and Arizona killed them earlier this year. So we'll see if maybe Arizona's turning over a new leaf. But if McCoy's starting, I'm not starting anybody from that receiving core besides the running backs, which we talked about before. If Murray does play, I would start A.J. Green. I would start Kirk because I do think that Hopkins is a decoy best-case scenario. And I know A.J. Green didn't turn around for the touchdown pass that resulted in the game losing interception. You're forgetting the important part of fantasy. They threw him the ball in the end zone. That's a pretty good situation when Hopkins is no longer there to be another mouth to feed. A.J. Green would be the de facto one-on-one ISO jump ball guy in the red zone. Ertz, I think, is a solid tight end option. Is he great? No, but he's fine. And Kirk, I would think, is going to be a pretty steady contributor. Five receptions, 75 yards, something like that. That seems to be Kirk's MO with maybe a touchdown, if you're lucky. Rondo Moore's the wild card. They really haven't used him that much, or when they do, it's pretty sparingly. So I do think that he is a wild card for the desperate, but I wouldn't use Rondo Moore. The two main pass-catching options for me from that receiving core are going to be A.J. Green and Christian Kirk, but once again, only if Murray's in the lineup. Yep, and I think when when you get past those top two, uh, Zach Ertz is that third. Uh, And Mm -hmm. especially with Colt McCoy, if he does manage to start, somehow on God's green earth that he ends up drawing the start. You got to think that Zach Ertz would be even more of a factor in and around the the line of scrimmage, right? Because, I mean, you can send Ertz out on some of those shallow routes and give Colt an outlet to, to throw to close to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I think Ertz I was down on last year because we saw how awful he looked in Philly. He's definitely looked more rejuvenated this season. I'll give him props for that. Do I still think that he's a great tight end? No, I think he's at this stage in his career average to slightly below average, but he's in a very solid offense, which should help boost his numbers a bit. But I think that tight end, of course, we know is a pretty top heavy position. And I'm being modest. It's a very top heavy position where you're kind of gambling if you don't have the top two, three guys. And even out of those two, three guys, Kittle's been a disaster and Waller's been a disaster for the last month. So you're really flipping a coin on most of these tight ends. I don't mind Ertz if you want to go for a touchdown upside, but that's mostly what these tight ends have been this season. It's tight end. It's touchdown or bust. That's pretty much what it is. And Travis Kelsey has just disappointed this year. It stretches because I know, you know how I know? Cause he's in my Scott fishbowl roster and I I've passed a couple of weeks he just has not been putting up the points that I need from him, and it's it's getting a little bit old at this point. So, um, all right, let's let's overall take a, a step back and overall look at this uh, Cardinals 49ers game, especially given the news. Uh, we already talked a little bit about what to expect from Kyler Murray, but um, how much does the, the game flow change uh, with Murray out? Does this give the Niners offensive running backs a boost, much like we talked about uh, the Kansas City running backs? Uh, or is this a Jimmy G chuck the ball all over the place um, because, you know, they can? I think no matter what, whether Murray's in or not, I'm expecting a low-scoring game, a relatively hideous game of football, because it seems like when these two teams get together, 
that's usually what you get. You get a pretty drawn out battle for the line of scrimmage type of game where field position plays a factor and people sit down on the couch hoping to see touchdowns. And it's a lot of Robbie Gold field goals. Am I, am I wrong? That feels like the direction we're heading in for this matchup. But in a non-hot take, if McCoy plays, I'm taking San Francisco. So I think the running back should have a pretty solid game flow there. And when I say running backs, I mean Elijah Mitchell. That's it. That's the only person you're looking for in the backfield. And if Murray plays, I think Arizona's going to win. And I think you'll see them run the ball a little bit while they're ahead. So wait and see. I still think Murray's going to play. So I'm picking Arizona. I think Arizona will get the job done. But I do think Jimmy G is a sleeper option for quarterback if you are desperate, if you maybe have Kyler who might not play, or you have Aaron Rodgers and you're trying to scramble and find something. I'm not going to assume Jimmy G is going to have two rushing touchdowns like he did last week, but he has looked a bit more comfortable. Ayuk actually got targeted seven times, so maybe you have other receivers besides Debo Samuel trying to do something. Of course, Samuel's probably going to go for 150 because he's a ridiculous player, but Kittle's back in the lineup, which helps. I do think there are some ingredients there for a solid under-the-radar performance from Jimmy G. And Sanu. I mean, Sanu has actually yeah. been looking halfway decent the uh, last few games uh, when he's been targeted. He made a couple of those tough catches, right, that, that really just set that game up for San Francisco last week. Um, I would never start Sanu, though, because the touchdown upside is so non-existent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's just not there. I mean, maybe a deep so, league flex in a PPR if you need somebody to give you some points. But even the PPR, what's again, you like three, four receptions for 50 yards? I mean, that's not really, the ceiling just isn't there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's the thing, too. I mean, when you get past Debo, like you said, it's sort of a crapshoot anyways, right? Because Ayuk was yeah. supposed to be the guy that everybody was was doing. And even Jamichael Hasty, right? I mean, he mm -hmm. got a couple of, uh, of looks, too. So, um, yeah, I mean, it seems like everybody's getting looks. But anybody that's not Debo Samuel, uh, and you're right with Kittle back, that soaks up a few more targets too. Um, yeah, so Jimmy Jimmy G potential sleeper target there for a quarterback. Yep, and and not even potential sleeper for me because he's in my Scott Fishbowl league, and that's my okay. quarterback. You know, so I have it. I've ridden with him all season long, uh, ride or die, except for when he was injured, of course. Well, you're a Niners fan, so you got to put that caveat in there. Well, I mean, look. So I've got I've got Kirk Cousins. I've got Jimmy G and I've got Daniel Jones as my three quarterbacks that I've been rolling with this. As season. long as they're not on prime time, that's a decent trio you got there. Right. I'm telling you, when the eyes of America are upon him, those three just fold like a house of cards. So, uh, all right, look, I'm sure that between the time you listen to this show and, and the time the kickoff starts in the early games on Sunday, the news will have changed about a half a million times, but at least we gave you some up-to-date stuff and, and some fantasy reactions to just what's been one of the craziest weeks that I can remember already. Uh, the trade, trade deadline passed and uh, wackiness didn't happen. We didn't even touch on OBJ and what's going on in his world. Just so much stuff happening right now. So if you can take a second to digest it all, hopefully we helped you uh, serve it up a little bit. Scott, any final thoughts, anything that you want to toss in there before we, we say goodbye to everybody? Uh, not really. I need a fantasy win. I've had a bit of a rough spell in my league. Not even my fault. You have Dak and he's injured and you got to just live with it. So hopefully my team gets it together right now. I'm not out of it. Still a long way to go. We even added the extra week in there for some reason. I heard money was a huge reason why. But anyway, 
as for the actual stuff that I'm working on, I'm doing the fantasy rankings with the rest of the SGPN uh, group that's been going really well. Uh, been killing it personally, so hopefully that continues. But other than that, appearing on the PropCast, appearing on the NBA Gambling Podcast, and I'm editing all the time. So keep that in mind. Look for some fantasy pieces for me. You can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio. And happy to be on as always. Absolutely. Happy to have you on. And again, everybody, if you're out there, uh, hopefully you get a win this week. Hopefully uh, you withstand the Aaron Rodgers storm. You can still have Kyler Murray on your team. I don't know. I just hope the best for you in week nine is all I have to say. Hopefully you got the waiver selections that you wanted and that uh, everything works out for you in the week. So. Uh, Tuesday, we'll talk all about it, how week nine went for you. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll get some more questions answered for you and set you up for a run to the fantasy playoffs. Thanks to Scott for coming on. Thanks to you for listening. Everybody can find this show on the SGPN app and everywhere where you get your podcast. Find the show on Twitter, SGPN Fantasy on Twitter. Find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. And until next time, everybody, survive week nine, and we'll see you in week 10. Let it ride. <laughs>